0: another guardians of the future podcast another debut to talk about we really could have renamed our podcast this year to the uh guardians debut cast okay should have had a better title ready for that i did not have a better title ready for that but Willie, seventeen Guardians this year made their major league debut. Now, not all of them are still with the Guardians. Some of them are on other teams. Some of them are back in the minors. Um, I want to say this 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 last one probably the most unlikely all season. I did not see this coming.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't have believed it if you would have told them in this last off season that we would see Bo Naylor at this point in the season as a, as a late season call up. Um, I think a lot of people would have thought there were some serious injuries or major, maybe major trades that went down earlier in the season. There was none of that. Um, pretty exciting, I guess as far as what it says about Bo Naylor and his development on the year though.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, going into last offseason. um, he was dropped on a lot of lists. A lot of people, uh, dropped him, at, not only out of top hundred lists, but, um, on top hundred rankings, like, uh, just the, the team rankings. They had, I think fan graphs had him 28th coming into the season, um, on their list. Obviously he shot back up after the great season, but we've talked about before. And by the way, I'm Justin ladder. That's Willie Hood. If I didn't mention that this is the guardians of the future podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think we've mentioned throughout the entire season that we didn't drop Bo Naylor because we felt like it was a premature prematurely giving up on a young player who had been oh. tested aggressively at levels. He's also a catcher and he we know the character, we know the work ethic, we know the bloodlines. Um it seems silly after one down season to really you know, drop him that far. We we dropped him. I can't remember where he was last year, but we certainly had, him. I think we're on the number nine on him. I'd have to go back and look to see where he was in 20 at the end of, or where he was in 2021. He certainly wasn't as high in in the start of 2022 as he was um, to start 2021, but he shot back up and yeah, I still wouldn't have believed it. I mean, considering the fact that, you know, Cleveland started opening day with, uh, with Brian Lovastita on the 40 man roster and then, and on the 28 man roster, because, of Luke Maley's spring training injury. Um, But, you know, it's good things. He made a lot of strides, and the time of it all was just so crazy. I mean, not often. I mean, teams always call up third catchers in September. We've been talking about that for a while. Um, Very easily could have been Brian Lobesty if they just wanted a third catcher, but um, they made the difficult move to – DFA Brian Shaw, which I know some people are probably rolling their eyes saying, Well, that, that's not a difficult move. But when you consider his place in the organization and the effect mm-hmm. he's had on the organization, I know, you know, not a guy that should have been pitching high leverage innings this year or it wouldn't it shouldn't have been in the playoffs. So it was the right move. It doesn't mean it was it wasn't difficult. Same with Artie Clement. It doesn't mean it wasn't the right move, it just still means it's difficult because um at the end of the day, these are still human beings, they still have impact that goes beyond the stat sheet. Um, you know, we like to drill things down to an analytical and, and um, a number to kind of evaluate everything. And that's fine, but there are still pieces of this game that are affected by human beings, and Brian Shaw is one of them. So they went out of their way to make a difficult move to add Bo Naylor, not Brian Lavastide as their third catcher, and they did it with a week to go in the season. So, A, that says a lot about Bo Naylor's development this year, and B, it says a lot about um, – I think their intention to have on the playoff roster.
1: Well, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see who they carry. I'm I'm curious if they keep Bo on on the playoff roster. Um, I didn't think that they would add him at this point. Anyways, I know they brought him in a in a taxi squad role, um, but like. Both of us are already said that development that he's had this year. I think he was our number six prospect at the end of last year coming in. We dropped him to number nine. I'm, I'm going off of memory. I may, I may be mistaken, but he should be top six. No problem this year uh, when we actually do our offseason rankings. Um seeing Brian, not Brian, lazy and go look. <laughs> <laughs> seeing Brian Shaw um, be designated surprise. Yeah. Be designated for assignment was surprising. I uh, I know that you were out for lunch when that happened, and you were quite shocked. Um, I
0: scared the I, crap out of my fiance when I when <laughs> I had my reaction. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, it, it seemed to be so by her tweets uh, on Saturday. Um, but they are not making emotional moves. So remember that when it comes to the off-season moves that they that they will have to make in the future too. is It's not going to be an emotional move. It's going to be what's best for the team long-term. Um, I think that was best for the team long-term. Would not be surprised if Shaw is eventually in, in this organization in another capacity at some point in the future. Everybody knows he wants to pitch and continue to pitch.
0: Um, but I do think Cleveland made the right call by letting Shaw go at this point. Yeah, I don't know what the waiver process is at this time of year, but um, he cleared waivers today and, and nobody claimed him. So he accepted his outright assignment, which is the AAA, I suppose. But um, that seemed very fast. I suppose it was just expedited because uh, nobody was going to claim him. Usually it takes like 10 days when you do that. Mm. So uh, I guess that he went through the process pretty quick. And he had said he didn't want to be claimed anyway. He wanted to stay. And I would imagine he'll be asked to stick around in like an informal role just to yep. guide guys. And and look, Tre- Trevor Stephen doesn't develop the splitter that he has without Brian Shaw. Cause Brian Shaw learned that splitter from uh, JJ putts in Arizona way back when Brian Shaw never really threw it, but he taught Trevor Stephen because I think Trevor Stephen just has bigger hands and you kind of need, you know, big hands and big fingers to, to uh-huh. throw that pitch. And yeah, um, overall just teaching these guys, you know, arm care and body care and just how to bounce back the next day, how to be ready to pitch on back-to-back days, just how to take care of your arm, that kind of thing, and, um, you know, he had he had been over and over saying, you know, I'm, I'm not here to be a teacher, I'm here to pitch, and he pitched, but, you know, really his value was what he provided to a young bullpen this season that was, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think, the oldest guy in that bullpen this year was him or Anthony Gose, Uh uh ghost is 32 and Shaw is I want to say 34 ghost is obviously out for the season now with Tommy John so uh Kirk McCarty is now the old man of the bullpen at a ripe old age of 27 that makes you feel really good doesn't it (laughs) Willie that that's the old man uh geez Jose Ramirez exactly 30 years old earlier a few weeks ago uh he is exactly 30 years old and he is the oldest um, oh, I'm sorry. Austin Hedges hasn't hasn't beat by a month. Austin Hedges is, is the oldest guy on the team at 30, 30 years old in one month. That is
1: all. I'll say is stay off my lawn.
0: <laughs> stay off my lawn. Yeah, these are the kind of guys that be uh, walking all over it and turfing it with their bikes. These uh, young whippersnappers. Um, What'd you say,
1: Sonny? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so much disrespect and talk back. Now this has been a this has been a good group. Um. You know, I'm curious. I think we've taught. I think everybody kind of knows the the story on Bo Naylor now. I mean, Josh's brother. Um, the approach approach changes he's made this year were uh, a little more plate discipline. Uh, you know, still some strikeouts. He does take some called strike threes. There is some swing and miss to the game as as we've seen the first couple at bats. He did strike out four times yesterday um, yep. on Sunday. Unfortunately. But, uh, draws a lot of walks too. There's going to be some, some passivity to his approach, I think as well, but also I can understand the strike zone, but, um, the powers there, you know, you might, I think you might get a little bit of a true, three true outcome type player from Naylor. I don't think he'll, um, hit a bunch of homers. I think he's, you know, it's not like he's got to hit a home run to produce offensively. He'll still do other things. Obviously, you know, he can steal bases. That's the huge bonus. He doesn't run like a catcher, but, um, Eventually, he'll be an offensive upgrade for from Hedges and Mealy, and then uh, no, he threw a runner out Saturday night. That was good. He he looked sure. really good on that throw, and he's come a long way this year as a receiver. I still think there's some things to work on in terms of blocking and um receiving overall. But you know, he learned Spanish. He took control of the pitching staffs all, all along the way. He caught some of the best arms in the system. Um. I think he's ready for that leadership role. Obviously, he's not going to start in the postseason. I think people should probably um, temper expectations. Bo Naylor is not going to be starting any. I don't think he's going to be starting any postseason games. I think he's there. Um, so when they pinch hit for Austin Hedges, who should start every game, um, they have an emergency catcher and maybe a guy that can also pinch hit for you know Luke Mailey late in the game or something. I think that's probably where the value is at that point.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's his role for now. Do think we see him take over quite a bit of innings next year? But I, I you know, I've drummed for a long time and said, "Hey, I don't know that he's going to be ready until mid-season of next year to take over a full, a full season's worth of catching at the big league level." Um, there are still little things that he needs to work on. Um, strike zone awareness, obviously that's an issue. I think his strikeout rate was around 26% or something like that this year, but his walks were up significantly, I, I believe by 8%. Um, so he offset that quite a bit and did bring his strikeout rate down significantly too. um, all positives and he's only 22 years old. So, you know, let's slow down, let him develop, but we have a very good young, catching prospect there who is athletic enough to play probably some first base, second base, and even left field, I think in the future, if, uh, if he were put into a position where he had to do that. Um, Not too concerned about four strikeouts the other day. And yeah, absolutely. That, that uh, thrown out that runner at second base the other day was pretty nice.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll, he'll get some hits eventually. I think his brother Josh will, make sure that he finds his way to make a left turn on first base uh, at some point. Um, I'm really curious though. I, I don't know about Naylor's, you know, for next season. I would, I would think that he'll start the season possibly as, as at least a, a tandem catcher. We'll see what they do with Austin Hedges and Luke Mailey. Cause Hedges is a free agent, as we've mentioned several times, as Willie continues to go to bat for the guardians to, um, Sign him to an extension. Willie is now Austin Hedges' uh, shadow agent. Um, Austin Hedges truther. <laughs> yes, that's 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 your burner account. Okay, I knew I knew that was somebody's burner account. Um, we'll see what they do. I I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. What, what would be the argument against Naylor starting the year with the big league club? Depending on how they address the rest of the catching position. But what I really want to know at this point is, um. Willie, what do you think is the future of Brian Lavastida? now that Bo Naylor is on the 40? You know, Lavastida obviously had the better 2021. He made his debut first, which, I don't know, not totally unexpected, but a little unexpected. But he obviously had struggles with the bat this year. Um, I don't know that um, defensively he's as athletic or I don't know. I think mean, that's the wrong word. Maybe that's the, way, the wrong way to look at it. But I think there are some more tools there for, for Naylor defensively. And remember, both these guys are converted catchers. Neither of them are lifelong catchers. Naylor was, they were both infielders um, as amateurs. So this is new to both of them um, for the most part, but you know, wh- where do you kind of see the future of Lava Sita lying now that Bo Naylor's here and he's the guy in Cleveland for the, for the playoff run and not Brian Lava Sita, who would have been the easy move.
1: I'm not too concerned with Lava. Um He got bounced around a little bit this year being up in Cleveland unexpectedly and, and on the bench. And I believe he had an injury at one point in time. So he missed some time too. Um, odd year for him. I, I'll call it a wash. I'm not willing to say, Hey, he's not a, a quality backup catcher in the future because I think that's where his role ultimately is. Uh, he also has that positional flexibility with the former um, experience in the infield. Somebody that can play some second base and, and maybe some first base for you. Um I think that's you know his potential role in the future is a guy that comes in as your second catcher, maybe even a third catcher, you know, if rosters are expanded or you want to carry, you want to be creative and you want to carry that third catcher, he would be a guy that would allow you to do that. I, I think Lavasti is gonna be fine. I think he just develops into a major league backup. I've not changed much on him. Um when we drafted him, I when I saw a video of him, I said I think he's a future major league backup catcher and my mind hasn't changed much on that. Um, I've always felt that Bo would be the starter of the two of them. And, you know, I'm not moving on that at at this point. I do think Bo has definitely increased his stock this year. Um, Curving those strikeouts, making more contact, and um, getting more walks. Definitely worked the strike zone a lot better this year than he had in the past. But, and I've said in the past too, Late in August of last year, I remember seeing Bo put up some really quality at-bats when I was watching uh, Nick Enright video and a few other guys. So I was impressed August,
0: September video of of Naylor from last year. Yeah, maybe kind of where the pieces of that approach came into play last year and he was trying to turn things around. And remember, he did have the walk-off hit for the Ducks in uh, the championship game last season. So it kind of came around towards the end of the season, but yeah, I'm kind of with you on Lavestida. I still think there's a good backup role to be had. There's still some uh, positional for flexibility if they want it, if they want to do that. Um they haven't done it in game with either of them. I know last, I think last AFL, they had Brian to play in some second base. I don't know what they'll do this year. I don't think he'll be in the at the AFL. I'm sorry, instructs. Um I don't know if he's going. Usually 40 man guys don't go to Instructs, but they're both on the 40 now. And I don't see any reason for them to move on from Lavezzi? I think his his forty man spot should be safe because, like we've said, Hedges is a free agent. Luke Maley has one more year of um, club control. Um, I, I, I'd imagine they're going to non tender him anyway. But even if that's the case, even if they don't, you still you, well, you still only have three catches on the forty.
1: You can save that slot. Um, basically, just leave Maley on the roster until you re-sign hedges or acquire a a different catcher. You you go that route and do yourself some depth, built-in depth that way. Um, You could even potentially flip Mailey at a later point, and you're not going to get much in a return. But, you know, one of those, hey, let's do a guy a favor and send him away and get a little bit of cash back for him. Because teams are always looking for catching, and I think he is a serviceable um, second, third catcher for a lot of teams.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, certainly if somebody were to really want Brian Lavastine and trade and Cleveland was thought they were bringing back, you know, a big missing piece. I don't think like they would be precluded from saying, well, we need, we need Lavastine on the, on the 40. We can't trade him. I mean, it's not like it's like we always say, nobody's untradeable um, yeah. by himself, not going to bring back a a large return trade wise, but um if I'm the Guardians, I'm, I'm hanging on to Brian Lavastita just because, you know, catchers get hurt and yep. Naylor's young and Lavastita's young. I still think there's some upside with Lavastita to be had and, like we both said, ver- positional vers- versatility. And I like the bat still. I think um doesn't have the, the power Bo has, doesn't strike out as much either, a um, little more contact-oriented, but, um, yeah, the backup role still looks good to me, and I think we both think he has a major league future. I don't see any reason to move on from him, um, in either, either, any instance, really. I think you need the depth. and um, We'll see what they do with David Fry in the offseason. David Fry is going to the AFL to catch. Um, I don't know if he's going to catch, how often he's going to catch. Usually on, in the AFL, they have um, like a taxi squad kind of thing where guys catch like on Wednesday or they play like Wednesday and Friday or something, and usually one of those spots is reserved for catchers. So it's possible he plays that role. I would like to see David Fry catch more and, and see if he can eventually fill a role, but um, they have, that's that he has versatility that Lava has not, they've not explored with him yet. I'd like to see more of Lava Stita doing that as well as Fry, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see what they do. What, I mean, Lava Stita, I think they think is the better catcher defensively. and That still matters. So we'll see what they do in the future, but I think we both agreed. No reason to move on from Lava Stita still has a good future. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the game on Sunday, Willie, or if you caught the highlights or if you caught Twitter, but um, Will Brennan first career home run on Sunday and he hit that ball into the teeth of the wind. It was like a 20 something mile an hour wind, not a day for good power hitters. Although Josh Naylor hit one, but Josh Naylor has got, you know, big man strength and he's known for his power and uh, that is not what Will Brennan's known for. Still, it's a home run and has a triple. Um, What are your thoughts so far on Will Brennan? He is, you know, Got to the lineup and he's hit almost there. I think he only has one major league game without a hit.
1: I think, think he's made uh major league pitching look facing major league pitching and look at just as easy as it did when he was in triple A this season, he's done nothing but hit the, the home run was impressive. I was out running some errands and flipped the game on just as he came up to bat and got to see that home run. So that was a pretty sweet timing on my part. Fortunately, um, and that was a heck of an inning, too, you know, exciting to see them put up a lot of runs in one inning. I like that. We're not uh, stationary, so to speak, not a stationary offense. And and that's one of the things that a lot of people may not like this offense, but Will Brennan, Steven Kwan, those type of players are, are guys that are not stationary players either. They're guys that move one base at a time or two bases at a time. They don't offer a lot of power, but, um, You know, Brennan is just a good ball player. Same thing with Stephen Kwan, who who had a heck of a month and put up uh, Rookie of the Month stats, um, or got the Rookie of the Month award and and put up some sweet stats this last month too.
0: Yeah, I think we are on track to see. Will Brennan be – I guess it will depend. I guess against lefties, they may platoon him, which they don't need to. Um, I have to go back and look. He um, didn't have – the best of numbers against lefties in AAA. i I'm going to go take a quick look now, but um, certainly well, while
1: still. Well, you're doing that. <laughs> I'll just throw this in there. It, you know, I've said a couple of times, Brennan is a, uh, a third outfielder. Maybe I should say he's a second outfielder right now. He's probably the <laughs> second outfielder on this team. Um, yeah. I know Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez is good. Oscar Gonzalez is. Yeah. I, if I, I think there's a definitely higher upside um, for Brennan and better outcomes for Brennan than you're going to get from Miles Straw. And Brennan, I've i said, is a, a good fourth outfielder. I'm sorry, uh, Straw is a good fourth outfielder. Brennan is good third, and maybe he's at R two right now. Um, not trying to disrespect Oscar Gonzalez because I think he's an outfielder DH, but. Um, Brennan is just a a quality player all around. Has speed, has a good arm, puts up good at-bats, obviously can make contact, and he's just shown who he is. Um, Just a very impressive overall start for him, and who would have thunk it from a guy that missed a year, essentially, because of COVID, and then ended up double-A to start the season? Who would have thought he would be? You know, cross three levels, essentially going from double A, triple A and now into the major leagues and not missing a beat. You know, he he's just continued to perform. I, I think it says a lot for the development uh, from within the organization
0: and for him as a player. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like may, maybe maybe this, somebody can correct me on this. I feel like I was as high on Will Brennan as anybody out there coming into the season and uh, yep. throughout the season. Um, certainly did not expect him to make his major league debut this season, and I certainly didn't expect it to be, you know, after the fact that they didn't call him up to start the month of September, um, with Miles Straw having a terrible August. And obviously, Miles Straw has gotten it back together in September, which is great because now they've got both those guys rolling. That's really good. Instead of having to have Will Brennan replace Miles Straw and then still need another outfielder, but uh, didn't see any of that coming for sure. Will Brennan against lefties this year. Um, better numbers in Akron against lefties in and, and AAA. Things uh, were a little bit tougher for him, but overall uh, 254, 313, 339 against lefties, so not unplayable, but certainly not as good. He had a, a 333, 389, 518 line against right-hander, so I'd imagine the playoffs are going to platoon him. Um, so mm-hmm. Game game one of, of the wild card series, you can almost guarantee Cleveland's going to see a left-hander. It's either going to be um, Shane McClanahan of the Rays, or it's going to be Robbie Ray of the Mariners. So you can expect that Brennan will probably be on the bench, which I'm not sure I agree with, even with his splits, because your alternative is Oscar Gonzalez and Wright, and Owen Miller is either the DH or the first baseman, depending on what you want to do with Josh Naylor that given day. Um, I don't know. I I I I would take Will Brennan in right field and Oscar Gonzalez DHing over Owen Miller against a lefty, but I, I have a feeling that's how that's going to go. I don't love it, but, you know, it is what it is. Either way, Will Brennan is going to be on this postseason <laughs> roster. What was that? I said 254 is better than 241 or
1: whatever it is Miller's putting out there right now.
0: Uh, I'll take a look and see what Owen Miller has done against lefties real quick too. But, uh, you know, I like I said, either way, Will Brennan's making the postseason roster. That's good. Yeah. He'll play um, – Jeez, Owen Miller this year against left-handers, two eleven, two 291, three hundred eight. Um, yeah, I'm taking Will Brennan. I know those are AAA, those are minor league numbers against lefties. I don't know how many uh, lefties he's faced in the majors yet. It might be not any yet. They may not let him. But um, I'm taking Will Brennan in right field, giving you elite, de- you know, elite defense over Oscar Gonzalez, a huge upgrade. Um, looks, like Nate, uh, looks like Brennan has faced um, five plate appearances against lefties, one hit, and oh, he's got two RBIs against left handers. 200, 200, 200 across the board. I don't know, but it's five at bats. Um, I'm still taking Will Brennan. He gives you the defense in the outfield, and he's not going to be any worse than Owen Miller. So I'm taking Will Brennan, but I know I, I have a feeling against lefties it'll be Owen Miller in the lineup, so we'll see. but He's going to be there in the postseason. I know people have asked about Bo Naylor's postseason eligibility, and um, I know Zach Meisel has tried to explain it multiple times, and it's a, it's a, it's a very confusing rule. But really, what it comes down to is this: Will Brennan will will be able to replace Anthony Ghost because he was on the forty this year, and he is on the sixty now, and has Tommy John, so he's done. He can't play. That's one easy spot, and. Basically anybody in the forty man roster in the minors, they have no intention of calling up. Like uh the odds are, you know, impossibly low that Carlos Vargas is gonna pitch in the postseason for the for the Guardians. So Carlos Vargas is gonna have a uh I don't know, a tired arm because of his his um Tommy John comeback. So that'll be something they do to get Nealer <laughs> on the roster for the postseason, but uh It looks like the other thing I didn't put on here I wanted to – we probably should discuss, but um, Tyler Freeman option back to AAA. They they hung on to Gabriel Arias uh, in wake of these moves. And in the first round, they won't have Aaron Savali on the roster because he's going to start game one of the LDS. If they get there, they have to kind of save that one. Bo Naylor is going to be on it. Brennan's going to be there. I think Will Benson's going to be there. So Arias and Miller, or whoever doesn't play at first base, ends up being the backup infielder. But um, any thoughts on Arias over Freeman? I think that Arias has looked really good recently in his at bats, mm-hmm. and um, he can play first base a little bit. And he a played small field right. in AAA. I think that was the deciding factor uh, between the two of them. Even if Freeman's bat kind of fits their team mold right now, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about positional flexibility for the playoffs. Um, somebody that can play outfield, somebody can play first base, second base, third base, shortstop, that positional flexibility, that essentially does away with the roster spot that Ernie Clement once had. So, you know, add his right-handed bet, he's on your bench, adds an excellent glove and a strong arm uh, from wherever he is. Um, it's a uh, bittersweet, you know, I think Tyler Freeman is a quality player and will be a quality major league player. Uh, either at shortstop or second base in the future um, either in Cleveland or somewhere else. But I think, you know, they're going with the best team that they, what they feel is the best team and the best fit for the playoff roster right now. And, and that's why they made that move.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with it too. Uh, Arias is your better defender out of the two and that's, and I, I said on Twitter, not a knock on Tyler Freeman. Tyler Freeman is a quality defender at second. Um He can handle shortstop. I don't really know if third base is a really great fit for him. I don't think he can um, say he's not a good defender at third, but um, he hasn't had a lot of experience there, but Arias does and Arias has the better arm of the two. So again, not a knock on Tyler Freeman, just Arias is in a different world defensively than a lot of guys um, in baseball with his defensive abilities. I think that made the most sense. You want the best defensive backup you have and, you know, Freeman's probably the better runner, makes more contact. But like you said, positional first flexibility makes a big difference for them. And um, I don't know. I, I think his at-bats have been good lately. He's got a couple of pow- uh, extra base hits, including a homer. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw that homer. Wow, was that pulverized. Um, I don't know. He, and, yeah, he, he just looks bad. good. He's drawn some walks. I've liked how his bad has looked recently. So I think, I think it's a fine move. I think it's okay to, to hang, kind of hang on in for the postseason and um, see what happens. Uh, I wanted to go back today, Willie, and look at our initial prospect draft because the, the minor league season is officially over. Um, all the guys that we you know, talked about are in the majors already. There's not a whole lot to to cover at this point, maybe a couple things, but uh, I want to look back at our prospect draft and see how people think we did. Um, You want me to start? Go for it. All right. Uh, In the first round, you had the first pick. You took Brian Rocchio at shortstop. I would say that was a good pick. He had a a pretty good season. You know, he had some struggles to start the year offensively, had some fluky injuries, but, uh, you know, overall bounced back and got the AAA this year. I think things went pretty well for Brian Rocchio. Overall, that was a good pick. I went with a lot of infield talent. Yeah. You load up on the infielders. Uh, The second pick I took John Kenzie Noel and um, he did have a good season. I mean, led led the organization in Homer is still, still a really young kid. You know, he's still only 21 years old, um, ton of power, you know,
1: very good season, Justin. He ended up in triple a hit over 30 home runs excellent season for for such a young player. Consider where he should be, theoretically, minus the whole construct of him being on the 40-man roster and tell me you have a 21-year-old in AAA that's hit over 30 home runs this year. We know he's going to strike out, but the power that he brings is game-changing. I think it was an
0: excellent pick. If you look at his strikeout rate, too, um, he played 62 games, so he had Twenty more at bats in Double A than he had in High A this year at Lake County, where he started. Um, and this was his age twenty season. Noel was twenty for most of the season. He turned twenty one in July. Um, he cut his strikeout rate from thirty one percent to twenty two percent down in, in up down, up in Double A. So that's a good sign. He walked a little more, and he had a he had a stretch in Double A where things just went really bad for him. He wasn't getting a lot of hits, unless they were homers, and even those started to be fleeting for him uh overall though ended up with an OPS in double A of 826 and like you said age 20 um handled the jump pretty well N- nothing to read into triple A wise 18 at bats but um yeah right good good season for him and they tried him out at third base they uh they played him more third base this year he I would say the third base did not go well for him they abandoned that experiment and they put him in the outfield that one better I think uh I think you could play him in the outfield. I don't know that you would say that he's ever going to be a plus defender, but he'll be in the, I don't know, Oscar Gonzalez realm of things where he's got a great arm. He's not slow. He just isn't uh, a great mover. Better at first base, but we'll see. Um, let's see where we go from there. Third pick. Third pick was George Valera. George Valera, good season. That was a good pick. He made the triple A. probably – a lot. He didn't make it to A as fast as I thought he would. To be honest with you, um, my question though about George Valera to you, Willie, is, and this will be a great offseason topic. We don't have to go super deep on it today, but because um, Will Brennan's only had a few major league at bats, but um, what is George Valera's future in this in this organization with the current outfield mix in Cleveland?
1: Well, you have to throw Nolan Jones, who's also one of my draft picks, into the fact first there, base. <laughs> yes. Is he a first baseman? Is he your right fielder? What position is he? Um, I think there's a future, a major league future for George Valera. I will dare say that there's potential, potential that uh, we will see a, a trade in the offseason, whether that be for pitching or for a position player, um, somebody that's an upgraded a position that they need some help at. I'll let everyone figure out what that is. You, you got all the answers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I usually
1: say I have all the answers. You're just asking all the wrong questions. So I'll (laughs) I'll let people figure out what my answers would be.
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, you still had a very good season and, and look, anything can happen. These, and, and these sorts of things also tend to, to work themselves out. Right. Like we, we sit here and yeah. talk about how all oh, the 40 man and, and this we sort of thing, me, like
1: we see all this outfield depth all of a sudden.
0: Right. And I'll, uh, I'll put it on the screen. If anybody wants to look, um, I'll, I'll upload the video later. So if you listen to the audio, you, uh, you won't be able to see it, but uh, the video will have the, uh, the prospect draft up right there. We're talking about Valera right now. And um. Who was the fourth pick? Oh, I took Daniel Espino four overall. That uh, I, I I DM'd you the other day about that, Willie. I said, man, I really miss watching Daniel Espino pitch. That hurt. <laughs> that really hurt. Uh, I hope he's better and back next year. I hope he's uh, ready to go. I'm gonna I'm scheduled to talk to Guardians Director of Player Development Rob Serfolio, this week for a postseason chat on prospects. So hopefully he'll have some good things to say about Daniel Espino's health. We'll chalk that one up in the lost column for me due to injury, unfortunately. Um, yeah, hey, I drafted
1: a bunch of injured pitchers, so we're in the same yeah, column with well, on that
0: one. All of yours but one ended up pitching this year. Um, but your fifth pick, we talked about Nolan Jones. You put him at first base. Never made it to first base this year. But, uh, yeah, his future, I, I, hard to say, too. I mean, he looked good when he came up, to be honest. Like, he, yeah. he started off strong and then – I didn't think he was doing that poorly when the Guardians sent him down, but um, clearly I think it says a lot that Will Brennan was called up in September and not Nolan Jones.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a positional fit with Brennan, but also um, here's a guy that's hitting the cover of the ball. You know, I mean, he forced the issue. They've always said that, force the issue and, you know, make your own opportunities, and Brennan did that. I think it's hard to argue against that. I could have argued for Jones to get that call. Um, I also think what we are seeing is the depth that, that this organization has built. And as I said to somebody the other day, you know, really we haven't seen the best prospects yet to come. And, you know, I, I was referring to Bo Naylor, uh, Gavin Williams, Daniel Espino, George Valera, Brian Ropio,
0: Tanner Bobby. Tanner,
1: Tanner Bobby was next. I wasn't going to forget him. <laughs> I think that's your big six and um, you see those guys. And I, I think that's part of the core that we will see in the next few years. Some of them may end up getting dealt. Um, we shall see.
0: Hard to believe that all this depth and all these red and there are still even better prospects maybe on the way, but we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, some of these guys have played their way into roles yeah. In the future, um definitely right about Brennan about um knocking the door down and forcing yes. their hand. Um, that's what they always want out of guys. Let's see, six. I ended up taking Logan T. Allen. He is now just the Logan Allen because the other Logan Allen's gone. Uh dominated in double A to start the season, got the triple A and, and then he lost his T. Yeah, he lost his T, lost his edge, lost something. I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> That was disappointing to see. He did end the the season on a good note. He did have a – I think he pitched five innings, and he gave a one unearned run, had six strikeouts, two walks in his final start. So, end of the season on a good note. I'm going to ask what happened to him, too. I don't understand why things went off the rails with him. I think he had a hard time just throwing strikes and maybe AAA hitters taking more pitches on on the fringes that they didn't take in AA that they swung and missed at or put put into play weekly, so – um, only thing I could think of there. Hopefully he'll rebound. I, I still have a lot of confidence that he'll be ended up being a, uh, a quality major league starter. Um, but I still can't believe Tanner by surpassed him. His like my favorite pitching prospect in the system. Cause Logan, Logan Allen was our, our GBI player of the year last season, or I, I guess it was IBI, but he was our player of the year last year. So um, yeah, hard to believe he surpassed him. But, uh, Bo Naylor was your next pick at seven. I think we spent enough time on him. We kind of know where things stand there. I took Lavasteed at eight. We, we talked about that as well. Uh, I took, I remember taking Lavasteed at eight because you took Naylor seventh, And I was like, oh, because you would have probably taken him with your ninth pick. The response if I didn't
1: pick him. We're, we're pretty great in there.
0: Yeah, I had to go because after that it got pretty ugly. And, and uh, David Fry would have been the only catcher to take at that point. Nine, you took Tyler Freeman. We talked about him a little bit. He was your second baseman. Still a good pick. I think he had a um, – made his major league debut, and and I think he showed his skill set and his value, what he can do. Yep.
1: Um, a lot of hit-by-pitches in Triple I don't think we see it, saw as much at the major league level, um, but remember that's in the tool belt.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, over the years we have learned that's a skill. That's not a, a fluky kind of thing because even Andre Cimenez does that too. <laughs> Some guys, just their stance and their approach and the way teams pitch them um, ends up being a skill they have. So being hit by a pitch is a skill. Hopefully it doesn't uh, become a detriment, but uh, it does help him with on base considering he didn't walk a ton. But I thought his at-bats were fine in the major leagues. I think I think he acquitted himself pretty well, and he looked good down the stretch until they optioned him down and they stopped playing him. So a lot of faith in Tyler Freeman going forward. Uh, I took – Gabriel Arias at number 10. He was up early in the season. We talked about him. His at-bats have been better lately, although he just made another... I don't know if they gave him an error. I'm watching the game in the background, and he made an error the other night. Um, I don't know if they gave him an error just now, but they easily could have, I guess. So that's been weird, but his defense will still be fine. Gavin Williams at number 11. Um, Did Gavin Williams pitch probably... I don't know. I guess it'd be hard to exceed expectations, but did he exceed expectations for you, or did he kind of come in exactly what she thought he was going to do. Um, I think he can pick the bar is high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think
1: he came in about where I thought he was going to be. Um, I didn't think he would end up leading the organization in strikeouts or anything like that. Um, that's not, not the development that needed to take case needed to take place with him. Um, Everyone knows that I believe it was Tanner Bobby that actually ended up leading the organization in strikeouts. It was either him or Logan T. Allen, If I can't remember who ended up leading the whole Oregon strikeouts in the minors. Um, but neither of us took Tanner Bobby. It was Will Dion? Yeah,
0: might, might have been Will Dion. I'll, I'll double check that for you. But you go, you go ahead. I'll check that. I, I thought
1: somebody hit 177. I don't remember who that was. Um, it may have been Logan T. Allen, but. But anyways, you know, I, I think Williams met expectations and didn't expect it, It's kid gloves. You want to get him, build him up as a starter, get him his 100-plus innings. And with that, you're going to get 130, 150 strikeouts from him. I don't know what he actually ended up with at the end of the season. Uh, but he was impressive all season. I think the most impressive pitching prospect was the most polished pitching prospect to come in, which was Tanner Bybee.
0: Yeah, it was Logan Allen at one seventy seven, Bybee one sixty seven, Hunter Gaddis at one fifty eight, surprising. Uh, Will Dion one fifty seven, and Gavin Williams at one forty nine. Uh, they had eleven pitchers this year with over a hundred strikeouts, and Tanner Tully was two two strikeouts away from over a hundred as well. So,
1: and a reliever uh, too. List. What's um, that? And a
0: reliever too. Uh, what's his name? The kid from
1: Indiana. Can't remember. The lefty. Tim Heron. Uh he had 101. did pretty he really sure was, Sorry. pretty sure there was a reliever that hit ninety-nine strikeouts too that
0: oh yeah, Tim Heron Smith. 101. Yeah, you're right. It was 14. It was uh it was fifteen. Sorry, I had, I had to justify the or I had to change the qualified um innings pitched here. So Tim Heron was one oh one at fifteen and Kate Smith had ninety nine. So they were awfully close to having a much more. Boy, Tim Heron, we'll have that discussion I think uh, sometime at the end of October but that's going to be an interesting case I um, want to do with him. Reed Johnson came out of nowhere at 122 strikeouts. That was impressive. Neither one of us took Tim, uh, Reed Johnson though. Um,
1: I, we'll I, see. In my mind Reed Johnson was a senior draft pick, a guy that would come in and log innings and would not be much more than that than potentially maybe a middle reliever at some point in time and he showed his potential. Starving pitching prospect, so you yeah. know a guy I didn't get to see a lot of, a guy I didn't know a whole lot about, didn't pay much attention to, and he snuck through.
0: He That's what happen. happens in. That's what happens when you develop that's what happens, on, You know,
1: that's that's baseball is scouting. You know, you have to be able to see these guys like multiple times. Um, something. My abilities are limited, so. I don't have that ability no. to get out and see these guys as much as uh, professional scouts do, but uh, you know what? Overall, Justin, I think you and all you and I have done a pretty good job identifying some of the some of the top talent in the draft with the draft that we had. Um,
0: I don't know what yeah. pick we're up to now. <laughs> we're up to twelve. We talked about Gavin Williams, twelve. I took Stephen Kwan. Uh, looking back, kind of surprising that. He's the 12th pick in our prospect draft. When we did this, I want to say we did this back in, uh, like, March before camp broke. None of us knew if Stephen Kwan was going to be on the opening day roster. So, yeah, looking back, Stephen Kwan, great value at 12. I don't know what more needs to be said about Stephen Kwan at this point. Uh, he might be the team MVP just with how he's changed their style of baseball this season. But, uh Absolutely did not guess that you took Cody Morris at 13. That was a good pick. He, you know, he was an injured player at that time. I don't, I don't think he was hurt at that time. I'm like, I can't remember, but. Uh,
1: I don't remember. Um, my whole mindset, you know, I put out in, in the preseason predictions was he would impact the bullpen in the second half. Um, the I, I think, half. We, I think the team has shown their hand a little bit with, you know, they dropped Renshaw and that tells me Cody Morris is probably going to be in the bullpen in some capacity. Um, I guess you could argue which pitcher is going to end up getting dropped off the roster, either Cody Morris, Kirk McCarty, or Zach police in my opinion. Um, I think Cody Morris is in there. So that, that, that says a lot, but Morris was excellent at the major league level too, as a starter. Um, we all know that the, um, Potential was there, but the injury history has
0: prevented that. Yeah, I, I mean, he still looked good coming back as a starter. We'll see what their role is from the future, mm-hmm. but I would definitely assume that uh, Savali and and McCarty are off the roster for the wild card series, and that's how you keep um, Morris and Bo Naylor on. We'll see what happens if they get past the first round. Um, still a good pick for Cody Morris. Still pretty high on the potential there, even if it's as a reliever. Um, you know, it knocks back the value a little bit because we felt like he could have been a starter, and, and he maybe still be be able to, but yeah. obviously, two straight seasons of injuries does make you uh, wonder about his future. I took Peyton Battenfield at fourteen. Uh, he was our AAA pitcher of the year this year. Uh, had a you know had a pretty good season. I mean, three six three RA, I think he led the organization innings pitch pitched, one hundred fifty three innings by mm-hmm. by twenty innings total, twenty one innings. He. Pitch more than anybody else this year. Only 109 strikeouts. Strikeouts are down for him. Not sure what happened there. I feel like the stuff wasn't B-low as good was as I thought try- it was going to be.
1: Yeah, Velo was down. Strikeouts were down. Innings were up there though. I mean, pretty pretty impressive workload from him. uh Somebody who I think would be a nice uh, bullpen arm, possible fifth starter. I, I would say he'd be a really good bullpen arm though.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't make his debut. I, that was my pick for surprise debut of the year, and he didn't make it. He did get called up to Toronto um, as a COVID replacement for James Karinczak. Um, didn't make it into the game, but he could have. Um, definitely thought he would make it this year, but yeah, still a workhorse kind of arm. I I feel like with all the additions they've made with Curry and, and Gaddis over Battenfield, that, like you said, that tipped their hand, and I think um, unlikely that Patton Field gets added to the 40, and we'll see what the, how that impacts his future coming up in November. But, um, yeah, still a workhorse kind of arm and still a guy that I think has a, you and I agree, a major league future in some sort of role. You took Jose Tena at 15, at third base, the other guy here reached AAA. Um, I I really thought Tena was going to take off this year and kind of explode his value. You know, we talked last offseason about how they shouldn't trade him because – I think his value was going to go up because he had a good season in twenty twenty one offensively um just did not repeat it in twenty twenty two and and again another guy who was he was twenty one all year he turned twenty one back in march um at double a so still young young for the level but uh, i was i was expecting maybe bigger things from him offensively this year. i think the approach maybe did him in a little bit. what do you think?
1: Um he was better the second half of the season uh, specifically I think it was the last 6 weeks of the season then he got that call up to AAA and and hit pretty well in AAA once he did get that call and remember again another guy that's 21 years old um he shouldn't be at that level for another 2 or 3 years when you really think about it younger than a lot of college players younger than some of the guys that were drafted in the recent draft uh you know like in the top 10 picks so a guy that's already in AAA had a taste of AAA I, I think that's pretty impressive uh, track record there. Um, I think that there's still some work to be done with him. I definitely want to see him. A guy that definitely knows the strike zone. We know that, and we know he tries to get to a lot of pitches that are around the strike zone, um, which leads to some of the strikeouts, but also leads to the lack of walks. Um,
0: so Master it's, Gonzalez. It's, uh,
1: balancing that – it's that balancing act of – aggressiveness and passivity uh, when to lay off of a slider that's out of the zone or when to lay off of you know a throwaway pitch just because you can put your bat on it doesn't mean you should necessarily swing at it and that was a conversation that we'd actually had in the past about tyler freeman too um mm-hmm. why his why his walk totals in the past were pretty low um I, he's improved that this year freeman has improved that this year um uh, Tana, that's something that we want to see improve. But again, a guy that's twenty one that's got his first taste at AAA, A, I think he ended impressively. Uh, I don't I wouldn't call him a disappointment, but he wasn't quite on par with what I expected from him either. Um, but overall, I'll say it was a solid year, but I still think that there's more upside that we can see from Tana
0: in the future. Yeah, I'd agree. Good, good analysis. Uh, I'm going to speed through these a little bit because we have, we're at the uh, 16th pick and we have uh, 35, 34 total picks. Um, so I need to get some of these just out and, and t- we don't have to talk about all of them, but we can gloss back through. Uh, I took Richie Palacios at second base. Guess what? Uh, he didn't play a lick of second base this season. And I found it weird that Cleveland pigeonholed him as a left fielder. I um, made his major league debut. I think he's, you know, Still a guy that can put up a good at bat, gets the ball in play, yes. swings hard, has speed. Um, did not play center field a ton in the minors. Didn't play any center field. The majors didn't play any second base. I think it's weird how Cleveland Pigeon hold him into left field, that severely limits his value and his utility. Um, definitely going to ask the question this offseason if he's going to make it on the forty man roster if they decide to you know make a move with him to open a spot. But um, I, you know, may. The role they used him, and I think, is a good fit for him. It's a bench bat, um, a guy you trust as a pinch hitter because he makes contact and works the at bat, and um, has some speed. That's a that's a good value for a bench piece. But I just think it's so strange they have him pigeonholed into left field all season. I, I think they need to reassess his positional first uh, flexibility in order to maintain that roster spot. Um, yeah, we'll see.
1: I think he's a potential uh, DFA candidate in the off season um, if they need to open up a roster spot or potential minor trade chip. It, it, not thinking I, not thinking that Palacios doesn't have value or have a role. Uh, it's just hard to have him on this team with some of the other talent that's here too. Um, like I said in the past, I think he could be a, a most days second baseman at the major league level. Uh, I think there's a type of speed and talent there for him. And I do think he's a second base baseman and it did strike me as odd that he was played mostly in left field, but I think that was mostly out of necessity and also wanting to get him that experience.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not like that we're gonna play in the second base over Andres Jimenez, but uh I still, you know, if he's gonna be on a major league roster, I think being only be able to play left field is kind of a detriment. They got to, you know, open that back up. I don't know if they need the DFA him. I think you could probably, well, I guess if you DFA him, you could trade him. But um, somebody, I think you can move for like international signing money or, um, a, you know, a comp. I don't know about a comp pick. I'm not sure that that will go. Yeah, well.
1: I, I don't think he has no value. I just think his value is minimal, and that's not a jab at him. I will agree. You could probably get 250k for him in the international market uh, once that does open up.
0: Yeah, or maybe just somebody further down the line in the minors. We'll see. Seventeenth uh, pick, Doug Nieksezy. He was our um, high A pitcher of the year. Mostly, not not you know nothing. Not a knock against him. He had a, he had struck out a lot of batters this year. He yep. um, his double A debut wasn't really good, but you know not a surprise. It was like two starts, 128 strikeouts, 102 yeah. innings. But he pitched the most things and, and high of anybody. He, I think he got better as the season went on. Um, the walk rate, still a problem. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's funny that he missed a lot of bats this season. He had, like I said, he had 120, where am I at? Doug McCasey, Doug McCasey. 128 strikeouts, 102 innings. Only allowed 73 hits. So not like guys were getting a lot of hits off him. He just couldn't keep the ball in the zone. A lot. That reminds me of
1: a reliever on the big league roster. Doesn't give up hits, strikes a ton of guys out. What's his name? Has a nice curveball.
0: Oh, James. <laughs> big game, James, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe it's a oh. big game, Doug, huh?
0: <laughs> Doug Day. Yeah. Hey, Doug McCaskey could be the left-handed version of uh, James Karencheck with the big curveball and the fastball and the the fiery attitude. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think you've been saying that for a while, so. We'll see. Um, I still like Dr. Casey and the fact that you drafted him away from me is still uh, keeps me Intentionally. up at night. <laughs> Intentionally. Intentionally. Keeps yeah, there was, at night. there was a lot of
1: – and people didn't see that, some of the things that we did. Um, so I thought you were sleeping on Will Brennan. So I just let him slide. I'm like, ah, I'm going to get him late in the draft. I forgot that you did his write-up, man, and you had been on him the whole time. I forgot that you did the write-up at that point, though. And, and neither uh, of us I took was, him. <laughs> like I took a ton of I took a ton of infielders thinking, well, there's gonna be some value in outfield talent later. And then I was forced to into taking like Oscar Gonzalez as an outfielder, and then I decided he'd be my DH as the draft ended up playing out. But um there's a lot of response uh, picks in the mm-hmm. draft. And you'd taken a lot, you'd taken a lot of pitching talent off of the board at that point. So I had to come back with something. that's where I went uh, with Cody Morris after getting Gavin Williams. And I went with
0: Doug Nikhazy just to spite you. And I think you came back and grabbed Petey Halpin before I could get him. I I did. That was the the Petey Halpin pick was a response pick to Doug Nikhazy (laughs) because Petey Halpin was your guy and Doug Nikhazy was my guy. And uh, impressed with how Halpin finished the season. Um, 20-year-olds usually tend to wear down at the end of the long season. He did not. He got better. That's impressive to see. Uh, let's see, 19, 19 was out. You took Austin Gonzalez. See, somebody had him. You took him at DH. That was a good pick. Didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, that's that's one I thought I may have drafted him too high, um, but he's one that I thought was going to have a great year. Some of these guys that I went for, you know, I, I kind of went down my personal board of how I had players ranked, and if they were available, I just picked them. And I, I remember saying that at that time. That I was going by my board, I wasn't going to go by a a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of the extra stuff. But at some point in time, I had to fill out my roster, so I needed an outfielder. Gonzalez was there, I grabbed him, and and I think it was a heck of a value pick getting him there.
0: Yeah, it was definitely one of the better picks here. I mean, getting Stephen Kwan at twelve, I don't think anybody could have seen that coming, considering it was March when we did this. But Oscar Gonzalez, that was a heck of a value. We were both not coming either.
1: We were both very high on Quan. I think we both had him top five in Rookie of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. Odd that we did let him fall that far. We went we went with some big names over him.
0: Um, yeah, looking back. He's one,
1: <laughs> I would have took. he's one that you snatched up. Um, but I was I, I had planned early in the draft, I was going to take Bo Naylor, and I was going to come back to back picks with Brian LaVestida. And then you snatched yeah. LaVestida. That was my whole goal was to, to – um, put you in in a very limited capacity at catcher, so that's why I went Muller right away, and then you came back and got Cita. So there was some jockeying back and forth, and and just kind of it uh, it fun. Yeah, it it was fun. I I look forward to doing that again with you, and we'll we'll decide what we do with the guys that we drafted this year. Is it a keeper league, or do we, do we <laughs> let them go our graduate, No, I think we got out know? It, I think we gotta start. You over can't next keep year. Stephen Kwan, Justin. I, I know you want what? to,
0: but oh, that would make the whole <laughs> league. That's like that's like keeping Barry Bonds in the majors. Like this is what's going to be here. <laughs> yeah, John Dowd, right? Um, I'll I'll run through these real quick. So it's a Curry at twenty makes his major league debut. I'll call that a win. You took Angel Martinez at twenty-one as your utility player. That's a win. He had a great season. Um, mm-hmm. Was our high A. Um, player of the year and he's in the AFL right now it's a win um 22 i took isaiah green he had a you had an okay year um a lot basic. of walks yeah a lot of steals we'll see what happens i think the swing needs some work um solid year for him 23 you took carlos vargas he he got called up this year out of necessity didn't pitch but uh Hey, he's in the bullpen now. That's what we wanted for him. We want him in the bullpen, and that's where he yes. is. Uh, so we'll yeah, call he's him. He's in
1: that role, that capacity that we thought he would be uh high-end setup type of arm in the future. Uh that's yep. why I'm
0: asking. Is if, if this is keeper league, man? I'm setting pretty right now. You are no, with Juan. No, I mean, That no. was a great pick. You you can redraft Carlos Vargas next year, because he'll probably be in triple to start. So you can go back and, and do it all again next year, now that we know he's a reliever. Um I took Jack Lefwich at 24 as a reliever, and guess what? He was a starter and a pretty darn good one, so uh, I won't say I saw that coming, but uh, no. pretty good find. Stumbled into value there. Job. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see what he does next year. Tanner Burns at 25. Uh, not a fantastic year, but, you know, he still had 92 strikeouts, 88 innings, 355 ERA. Uh, we've talked about him in the past, about how he's mm-hmm. really um, – the stuff in the velocity has never come back from where he was in college, but – Still a back end starter, maybe a bullpen arm. Uh maybe he'll turn things around next year. Who knows? But uh still Double a very, version
1: of Clayton Battenfield.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. And um yeah, I, I don't know. I I'd hopefully he turns things around because they did spend a high pick on him, but uh yeah, I, I still think a so very solid team. arm.
1: Yeah, I think it's still a major league arm. I just think the
0: ceiling is decreased. Yeah. Here's here's my two favorite picks in the draft from from me at least. I took Gabriel Rodriguez at twenty six because third base options were just limited. Let's be honest. Um, had a very solid season for a twenty year old in high A who had a very poor showing in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty one in low A due to um, some conditioning issues. But uh, big big bounce back year. And I'm gonna skip ahead to thirty two or my thirtieth pick because um, I don't want to talk about my twenty eighth pick. My twenty eighth pick was Tobias Myers, which was a giant. Swing and a miss. Um, but I had Mike Capri's at 30, he had a fantastic year, so I really think those were some really my best picks. I mean, I did, like you said, I I lucked in some value with with Jack Leftwich. Um, the rest of my pitching was honestly terrible, to be honest with you. And I got Noel and uh Quan, but my favorite picks had to have been Rodriguez and and Mike Capri's. I think those were good ones. You and and Will Benson made his uh, majorly debut for you, and Oscar Gonzalez was. A huge win for you, yeah.
1: And I think you you may have rounded out the draft with Nick Mikulacak. Um, yeah I think one, one I did of take my Aaron Brasha that was a fail. I think one of my losers, um, and this isn't a this isn't me sliding him when I say it, but uh, Luis Durango. Something I, I continue to be high on did not have a very good season. Didn't hit two hundred. Um, did show his speed though. I mean, I believe he stole like 20 plus bases, even though he hit like a buck 88. Um, did not have the type of season I thought that he would, but he's a guy that relying on that slashing speed style to get on base, hit the ball where they're not and, and get on base. Um, he's we'll just got see how stronger. he does in the future. I, I, yeah, I think he just needs to get stronger. He needs to get more physical. Um, add some upper body strength to that minimal frame at
0: this point. Um, looks like a leaf that would get blown away in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I think, I think he will. That's why he was back. And I know he had like a bit of an injury too. That's why he was back in Arizona yep. at the end of the year. So he'll, he'll work on that as well. Yeah. Micah Britt is one of my favorite picks. Obviously a great year. We're going to talk about him in the future. Cause I, uh, I got a lot of hope for him at this point. Um, I took Aaron Bracho. I'm going to call that. I think I'm going to say Aaron Bracho. Okay. Ethan Hankins did not pitch this year. He pitched one game. It um, has come back from Tommy John. I don't know. I don't know if you can call that a a big swing and a miss in terms of picks. Like he's still. I don't,
1: I don't feel bad about that pick, to be honest with you. Uh, going after upside on a guard a guy that I knew was injured and knew could miss the entire yeah. season. It, it was the long view and what I think he's going to be. Um, I think your floor is a very good potential high setup, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's still potential for a starting pitcher there. We'll see because he hasn't really had a, a season in three years. So it's going to be hard to yeah. justify him being a, a starting pitcher in the future, uh, but there's still potential. And we do know he was working on the side. COVID, the COVID right. lost season, then Tommy John, and then he actually had COVID during the season. Um, And, of course, I went after Lenny Therese. Don't feel bad for that one. Who could foresee the family situation play out with him? That was not a predictable situation. Um, I think it's encouraging, if anything, that Therese is out in Arizona. They think there's talent that's there and needs innings. Um, That's an encouraging sign with him. Um, And notice that he's actually getting innings over Hankins. And, and yes, I think Therese actually – yes, Therese had last season – but they had the option to put Hankins in in, in Arizona or uh, try to get him in some innings there. And they went with Torres there. So very encouraging to me that Torres is going to go to Arizona and get some innings. Um, One of my favorite picks, I I loved your Micah Priest pick. He was a guy that I really liked and somebody that I've followed for the
0: draft. Um, Almost a 2020 season. I did not like your Aaron Bracho pick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's where that was how I was going to end this was Aaron Pratt's
1: show. Oh, uh, yeah, and I I basically starved you out of infielders on purpose uh because I stockpiled a bunch of infielders and then you got a lot of good outfielders but I I I'll say um Will Benson's season really made me look pretty good. Um and so did Oscar Gonzalez's season. That that made me
0: look smarter than I am. Um <laughs> those no those were good those were you know good swings on picks uh but that was all about value
1: i I remember saying that with that with that mock draft that we did it was all about value for me how i value guys so i just played my board and went with it and of course gonzalez admittedly i reached down my board i think i had gonzalez at 35 34 something like that at the point at that point on my prospect list and, and He was the highest-rated outfielder for me. Next down my list, and I grabbed him out of necessity. So you basically forced my hand into going
0: after Gonzalez, and it played out well for me. Yeah, I did, and I uh, you got Angel Martinez. The Angel Martinez pick is why I ended up with Aaron Brochier. I waited so long on the utility position, and looking back, I probably would have gone with um, I don't know Milan Tolentino or something. So. Aaron Bracho, I don't know. It's going to be a tough off for him. I have a feeling we'll see what happens to him. Um, yeah, Nick Mikolajak was on there. The, the the Tobias Myers one was bad, but we'll see. Let's see. Um, on your team alone, your your pick, you had one, two, three, uh, four, five, six. You had six six major league debuts of your your players, and if you want to count Ethan Hank or you want to count Carlos Vargas as a call up, that's seven guys. Um, on your list of guys there that you did pretty good with. For me, I had uh Steeda, Palacios, Arias, Quan. That's four. Um, Curry, five. And I guess if I want to count Battenfield the way you counted Vargas, that's six. So no matter how you spin it, you had more major league debuts than I did this year. Um, if I had to guess, I, I think the best pick had to be Stephen Quan. no? Just because the, the Aries had? Yep. Yeah. I think my favorite
1: two picks of the entire draft is obviously Steven Kwan going 12th and then I think I, think I got Angel Martinez around 20 in the 20s. Um of course you mm-hmm. knew you knew going into it how big of a fan you I like was him. of Angel Martinez. Yeah, I've I've been on the uh, I've been driving the Angel Martinez train for several years now. I've I've had him as a top 15 prospect for several years. Um top 10 prospect for me now. I'll just throw that out there for people. That's
0: where I am on Martinez now. So I think he justifies that too. I think you're, I still think your Gonzalez pick was the best was your second best one behind. Um, maybe, maybe Oscar Gonzalez was your best pick. I don't know. That was the most unexpected one low in the draft and made his major league debut. And he's been, you know, a starter for them the whole way since, and mm-hmm. since he's been called up basically. So probably easily the best value in the drafts at 19. Well, everybody can go take a look at that. I'll, I'll share that uh, somewhere. I think we shared it earlier in the season and I'll just retweet it, but uh, it was a fun look back. I enjoyed doing that and uh, we'll definitely do it again next year. Uh, I don't know. We'll call you the winner. I think I, I think I had the more impactful roster, but you had the more debuts. So yeah, um, I like my overall was, depth.
1: I think you got the star power with Stephen Kwan.
0: Yeah, who could have seen that coming, you know? <laughs> nobody, could have, nobody could have seen that coming. Uh, those are both, like I said, those are both our picks right there. Nope, we didn't see Kwan come. We didn't see Oscar coming. No, Um no, Neither one was, of us. That was a fun experiment. I, that would been
1: pick one and two probably if if we didn't know that. I think,
0: I think, yeah, I think next year is going to be a lot harder because a lot of these guys are already – out of uh service time or out of uh, prospect service time, I should say they're going to be, mm-hmm. they're going to be uh, exhausted. their rookie eligibility and we got to pick from a new group next year. And I would imagine we're going to see a lot of 2022 draft picks in our draft, our uh, prospect draft next season. That'll be fun though. Yep. Um, wanted to get to some AFL thoughts, but we'll save that for another day because the, the league just started today. So follow that. Um, check out the site. We'll have um, awards coming up. I know today we just had the AAA player and pitcher of the year and in Bo Naylor and Peyton Battenfield. So all of our level um, awards have been given out. Now we're going to do prospect of the year, pitcher of the year, and uh, defensive player of the year, and reliever of the year, comeback player of the year, all that good stuff. We'll uh, have all first team and all second team prospects as well. I was hoping to debate that today with you, but, our, uh, our prospect draft took up most of our time, which that's okay because that was fun. So uh, we'll get to that in a later podcast. We'll look out on the site for awards. And uh, I'm hoping this off season we'll do some diamonds in the rough as well. I think there's a lot of good things we can do in the off season prospect-wise. Um, But for now, we'll focus on the playoffs. The Guardians are going to the playoffs. So we'll – I think Willie and I, we both agreed, we'll come back and do some playoff podcasts. Um, since that's what's going on. There's no need to – well we'll we'll mix a little AFL in and some other stuff, but you know, Friday night's the big night, Cleveland versus uh I guess Tampa Bay on uh true T V at eleven thirty AM, right? Hopefully you get that channel. <laughs>
1: um, you think they start yeah. that
0: late? They start that late. Yeah, it might be like seven AM West Coast time. Just trying to hide that wherever they can. They don't want to see, hey, Shane McClanahan and Shane Bieber should be a, a very good matchup for what it's worth. I know absolutely. market-wise, yeah, that's looking to be a lot of fun and ready to be nervous in every pitch. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland. I think... Uh,
1: Cleveland is in a yeah. role right now where they are almost mirroring what Atlanta and Washington did in recent seasons. I'm not saying Cleveland's going to win the World Series, but going into the playoffs hot is is big they're playing very well right now remember that with playoffs time it's not just a rollover and we're done there's legitimate exactly. opportunity for cleveland to go far in this this year in the playoffs my expectations are higher next year but i think there is legitimate opportunity to go deep into the playoffs
0: yeah i agree i think you're absolutely right Their expectations will be higher next season um, for sure, kind of house money right now, but the style play will be fun to watch in the postseason. And I'm excited for you know, somebody random doing something great, like you know, some TBS broadcaster, ESPN broadcaster is going to be like, Who's Will Brennan? Why did he just hit a home run in the playoffs? Like, you're know, like, Who is this guy? Oh, that's, There's going like, to be some be sort of
1: unsung hero, kind of like Stephen Kwan has been all year, an unsung yeah. hero, a guy that didn't get a lot of glory, a lot of praise. You have your big name prospects getting all of the attention for rookie of the year. Go out there and do your thing, Cleveland, be an underdog, perform
0: and and grind day after day. Good pitching. I hope the hope Trevor Stefan and James Karen check look a lot better than they have in recent days and they're gonna need that. So yep. gonna come down to that. All right, well, uh, I guess I would throw out our Twitter plugs, like I always say, if if you've gotten an hour and 10 minutes and you're not following us on Twitter, that would be really weird, but, uh, we'll do it anyway. It's nine H O O nine, nine on Twitter for Willie, uh, jail underscore baseball for me. If you want someone who tweets 30 times a day and annoys the crap out of you about baseball and other stuff, uh, official underscore CGBI for the account. Um, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do. It's, uh, it would be mean a lot if we subscribed and, uh, leftist reviews and five stars and all that kind of good stuff we'd appreciate it and check out the site um as we head into our slower months of traffic wise we really could use the support because we're still going to keep writing prospect stuff um just got to get all that planned out but i do have a lot of plans for prospect, um, for prospect content as the off season gets here so thanks for listening thanks for sticking with us all season long willie thanks for doing this with me you know 90 percent of the season and uh you know taking time to do this it's been a lot of fun and i think we'll come back with at least one more playoff podcast we'll see how things go from there but uh yeah thanks for everyone's help and support this season and uh hopefully next monday we're talking to you about the guardians and yankees in the ALDS <laughs>